Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen, we are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to the Thick and Skin Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Jensen. And I'm Megan Patterson. And we are here with another episode and we're just going to get right into it. We're going to do another set of no holds barred questions. Yeah, episode 39. So a few episodes ago, we did some questions and answers mm-hmm. and we had a lot left so yes. this is like the you second guys have part lots of questions yeah this is and the I think, second part yeah it's a nice mix because i know you guys want to know a lot about more about us personally but also everyone always has skincare and beauty questions so yeah, yeah we're open books totally so all right guys so this is gonna be our first question how far apart are you guys in age Who did, did you, you did you get along growing up I, well, everyone does think you're the older sister, or mm-hmm. they used to. Why do they think that? Because you're taller. Because I look old? No, because you're tall. I remember you came to visit me in college, and they're like, oh my God, did your older sister buy us the beer? I'm like, <laughs> she's 16, I you guys. I did buy the beer because I had a really bomb-ass fake ID. Okay, let's tell fake ID stories. Where was your fake ID from? I had three fake IDs. So I had one from my cousin who made it for me. Derek. Derek. Derek made me an ID that was me that had my picture on it, but it was like flimsy. So it was kind of falling apart. So Did he it wasn't... make it like in his bedroom? I think so. Or like maybe a one laminated or something. Yeah, like, like a lamination machine. And yeah. I think he even put like a hologram in it to make it look legit, but it started to peel. Oh, so that I used that fake ID when it was with a stickler who like put it up to my face Oh, and checked that I was my height, my weight. So you were watching the people. Uh, in front of you in line like which pick ID am I going to grab yeah but then when I went to the liquor store that I knew barcoded it or like swiped it then I used the one I think you gave me you found somewhere it was a woman who was like five feet tall oh yes I will tell and you. I borrowed and I borrowed that from you a few times and then another one I think I got from like Echo Park or something but I had multiple because I had one that I'd use for the club one that I would use for the liquor store where they like black lighted it like that was real it just yes. wasn't me yes that you guys scan it yeah I had so I had one that I got on Santee Alley, you know, mm-hmm. some frat dude, I gave him 50 bucks and he came back with it with shit. Like it looked awful, nothing like an ID. And then I had a roommate who worked at Blockbuster and found an ID on the Blockbuster. floor. Blockbuster? Blockbuster. <laughs> oh my God. There's a Blockbuster on Manchester in Playa del Rey and it was there forever. Like when they were dying, like it was still there. We would Hanging go there on. and like, you know, Friday nights, pick out a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this chick, she was like five foot tall. Um, with a crossed eye and like a hump hump back like a <laughs> and uh, so I remember one time I was using it and they're like the guy's like this isn't you and and I'm like I'm I like had a lot of like facial reconstructive surgery you did not say that he, I totally got in too <laughs> um and then I think I passed that down down to you but I think the chick was like 32 I don't know like yeah. she was a lot older and then I had some like sorority sister passed down yeah um, but yeah, the good times. I never like got them taken away or arrested. Like I know I had some friends that got arrested if they got caught with their fake ID. Mm-hmm. I didn't want taken away when I was in Aspen, like the one that was like the fake scanner one. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had multiple. But um, Aaron is two a year and change older than me. Are you exactly two years? No, I'm two years, like three months. Yeah, yeah, two years, three months. So Aaron is older. She's the old hag, and I'm the young. <laughs> 
PYT, pretty young thing. Um, so did we get along growing up? I guess. Yeah. I think we got along. Well, I think we had an interesting dynamic because I was the oldest and then it was you and Michael, which are twins. So there was never a middle child. Mm-hmm. So you could either look at it as like, oh, Megan and Michael are twins. So I was left out or the girls get along together. So then Michael's left out. So I know I think it worked well. We never like totally butt butted heads. No, she like she didn't like how her friends liked me so much. I think she was kind of jealous at like how well liked I was by her friends because like in high school, like they wanted to like they wanted me to come along and I was funny and Aaron would be like, no, like don't include Megan. And they're still like that. Her friend Aaron now allows me to hang out with her friends, but her friends still love me and they still love seeing me. Do you remember when you got in the trunk of my diesel Mercedes? And like I drove down the street, Veronica put you in it. No, I like we did we go to a house party or something. And I popped out of the trunk and I was like, fuck you. No. OK, so I had this. This is going to sound all fancy. Like I had a Mercedes in high school. No. OK, guys, I had a um, 79, 76 centennial 70. diesel Mercedes baby blue. And the year is, you know, 2000. So this car is like 24 years old at the time diesel so you had to get diesel fuel i knew every diesel station from here to la Mm -hmm. and it had a door remember the back door would not stay closed you go in the corner it would swing open yep it didn't have a radio so we put a boom box in the back like a cd player it was i mean i looking back i do i do love i wish you still had that car i wish i still had it it's very hipster but it was like a piece like and we went to private school and everyone was driving like new bmw they were driving jetta they were driving nine they were driving 2006 mercedes in the year 2000 yes they were were over here pushing up our hoopties up the hill the thing about st lucy's it's on a fucking hill oh so you know i drove a manual transmission and i i had to like get momentum by like scooting my body <laughs> up back and forth so yeah. So, yeah but megan's in this diesel trunk and you probably like could have died of fume inhalation yeah um but yeah you've popped out of a party somewhere yeah of course that was my <laughs> that was my vibe so yeah we didn't we i never like you know punched aaron like we never like gotten brawls i definitely beat the shit out of my brother oh yeah because oh, we're twins yeah he he squared up with me like i was a dude i think because you know i shared the womb with him and he's a dude and they say that like tall women have more testosterone have you heard that fact like women sure, over 510 sure. over 511 just naturally have more testosterone so like michael tr- Still calls me bro. Still calls me dude. Still calls me man. So I'll I'll punch him like a man. But with Aaron, I never did. Aaron was just doing her dorky thing, and she would sometimes like try to exclude me. But I didn't really care because like you're you know, too cool for me. Yeah, she, she don't want to hang out with me anyways. She was kind of a square. So, um. <laughs> but yeah, I totally so, was. so yes, we are blood sisters. Yes. For people who still don't know or realize we're blood sisters, I think I'm like, people have it at this point. Yeah, I think so. I've like driven it home. Yeah. Okay, Aaron. Question for you: What is the most overrated skincare product? Ooh, most overrated oh my gosh um probably like sheet masks like sheet Mm. yeah sheet face masks like they're fun and they're all cute but like a dollar bin face mask with like a koala bear on the front is like isn't going to cure your skin sins Mm -hmm. like i'm only like we their skin ceuticals does make a biocellulose like it's supposed to mimic like skin like repaired skin it's safe you got a burn um compromised laser exactly that one is great but i think in general just sheet masks are a little overrated yeah that's a good answer Mm -hmm. what's the most underrated skincare product i mean i don't know because we hit this home so much like I would say like glycolic acid and retinols, like mm-hmm. go for it. Just like jump in. Glycolic yeah, acid is afraid. like cheap and works really good. Sometimes it can be a little reactive, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great product. So yeah, acids and vitamins. Yes. To help with the cell turnover. 
Correct. Underrated. That's a good one. Boom. Okay. okay. If you were stranded on a deserted island, which three skincare products would you bring with you? Ooh, I would bring I would bring Aquaphor, cheap mm-hmm. drugstore Aquaphor to put on like my lips, my nails, anything dry. Mm-hmm. I would bring I would bring glycolic pads because I'm a clean freak and I want would want my skin to feel super clean and like oh, exfoliated. Yeah. And yeah, I guess sunscreen, you know, I'm thinking about like, okay, if I got like, I don't know, skin cancer or uh, like wrinkles, does it really matter if you're on a desert island, deserted island? But I wouldn't want to feel sunburn. Like I don't like the, like the feeling of sunburn. So yeah, glycolic pads, aquaphor, sunscreen. Totally. What about you? Um, Definitely sunscreen. Just, and I, because our sunscreen is very hydrating, so I'd feel like I'm not dried out. Mm-hmm. Um, And then... I would personally use uh, the Crystal Gloss by Lip Gloss Ooh, Boss. That's a great one. Because it feels kind of like Aquaphor, but I think it lasts longer and it's minty. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I could put a little on my cheek for highlighter. I could put a little on my eyelids. <laughs> when you're trying want... to attract the airplanes flying over exactly. you, like, S-O-S. They'll be like, dang, her cheeks are popping. <laughs> she must have highlight on it. And I'll be like, it's just my Crystal Clear Lip Gloss Boss. And then um, i probably pack my own filler. And I'd inject oh my, my own filler just because you never know when the search and rescue team finds me. You might have a hottie seal I wanna, pop out of that helicopter. Yes. I want them to be like, her lips are so juicy and voluptuous. <laughs> I want to give her mouth to mouth because I'm like, <gasps> I've been stranded. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my three, my three things oh my I would gosh. need. All right. We'll let it, let it um, pass there. So next question. What is the biggest misconception about skincare? That you can use anything to make your face better like you it actually is a little complicated like you have to be really strategic about it to get the best results mm-hmm. so, so ju- and more is not better using 20 products is not better than four products mm-hmm. you have to be um it's qual- quality not quantity yeah uh, well because you know, shelfies have become really popular. It's become kind of like a flex. Yes. To show off how much stuff you that have. That just stresses me out. Because <laughs> I'm like, I want to use it all and clean it out and keep, I want eight products on my counter and mm-hmm. just knowing that everything's fresh. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. been sitting there forever, you know. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Just, yeah. What do, you, what do you think in your opinion? My mis- misconception, um, I find that like due to the TikTok generation, you know, people kind of create these like homemade methods that are very misleading Mm -hmm. so you know like soak a turmeric tea bag and put it on your um melasma and it'll be it'll go away yeah and it's it's really uh, it's just super misleading Mm -hmm. and it's very frustrating because they're sending the message like it's just it's just lies yeah you know but it's internet it's clickbait it's all that stuff um biggest misconception is that um in uh like really awesome results are going to come easy Mm -hmm. it's just like with life and with relationships like everything that i have that's really awesome i've worked for years on yeah i've worked for years or if it's not that important to me i accept that and i don't complain that i don't have those things because i haven't been working at it you know what it takes i do know what it takes yes i know what skin improvement takes so it's so hard never comes out of your mouth it doesn't i know right? i know I was it like, you're no. not gonna say like actually no no i'm ve- we're very realist like we're realist in the sense that like we grew up around parents that like never gave us excuse like if if we were like if our if our tire got flat and we were late for an appointment my dad would be like 
well, why did you let your tire get flat? <laughs> I'm like, but because I was driving. He's like, well, maybe you should drive better so you don't run over nails. <laughs> and you're like, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have been late. You know, but I mean, that's very extreme. But point being is that, you know, um, the mis- my the biggest misconception about skincare for me is that like, you know, like the cure to your chronic skincare condition is in your cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just fucking no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question for you, Aaron Jensen. Hmm. Where's the next treatment location going to be? Well, I can say we... No, are you really going to say it? No, not okay. exactly. But we do. <laughs> we are currently in construction for our next location. Oh, snaps. We're going to announce it in January. Okay, for your birthday. For all my yeah, birthday. For my birthday. Like, I'm a birthday. Happy birthday to me. I got another lease. Yep. <laughs> I got more bills to pay. But this is actually was in the works pre-COVID and it would have been open like during this past year, but it just got pushed back a little bit. Yeah. So it has um it's in the works. Okay. Yes. It's also it's Southern California. Mm. So just stay tuned. Okay. I love and it. so with that being said, you know, if you're interested in working at the treatment, injectors, estheticians, hosts, front desk, everybody, um, send your resume to careers at getthetreatment.com. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait for the treatment in Bakersfield. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> I just spilled the beans. I'm just kidding. It's not in Bakersfield. Okay, Aaron, pivoting during COVID. How was it? This is going to sound so cliche, but looking back, it was such a good learning experience. Like mm-hmm. it was so hard and it it just seems surreal. Like one day we're open and the next day we're shut down in an empty facial bar with our estheticians. And then the next day, like nobody can like leave your house. And we somehow figured out how to stay profitable and keep at least 60% of our employees employed throughout the whole closure mm-hmm. in a personal service industry success story which is just nuts i remember like one day just looking at like our totals and like oh my god how do we do this like how Mm -hmm. holy shit like this is nuts no i remember Um, when it all went down like march 15th and i was at your kitchen table me you and your uh, husband and i was like this is scary i was like super scared i was like i'm gonna have to sell my plasma i'm gonna have to sell my ass i'm gonna have i don't know i'm gonna do i gotta give up my apartment i was just like damn aaron you know i was like you got a mortgage Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't have a mortgage Mm -hmm. i was like i could break out of my lease i could flee the country you know but it just yeah it it somehow you pushed through yeah it was um you had no other choice no, I mean, I did have a choice. Mm-hmm. What like 90% of people in our industry did. They just shut their doors and like enjoyed a vacation for two months. I'm not saying it's like po- like a good way. Like it, I'm sure it was very stressful, but we were in the office every day. Like I even ha- saved the calendar printouts of like March, April, May on like every day. What are we doing to keep this business going? Like what is going to be the plan or the push or the marketing stretch or what can we do with virtuals? I mean, yeah, it was hard, hard work, mm-hmm. like very hard work. But I feel like after that, I'm like, what else? Throw it at me because <laughs> if I can survive that and, you know, our employees are like so awesome and so cool and like 99% of them worked their butts off and the 1% that didn't, they're gone by mm-hmm. like, and like how appreciative those people are. Like, you know, like they're like solid with you, right you or know? die, right or die. 
they'll meet you in the parking lot, you know, to fight someone like they're going to be with you. All the yeah, I feel like that's where we're at with all of our oh, yeah. employees. So it's right like now. we we've went through this trauma of being a business in COVID and everyone just showed their true colors. And like, yeah. the people that did work really hard during it. I will always remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because when you go through trauma like that, it bo- trauma bonding, they yes. call it. So like you go through it together and they see how hard you worked and how you didn't say like, oh, the website crashed for the PPE loan or whatever it is. How do I figure it out? You know, you were like refreshing, clicking, refreshing, click, you know, because you thought about all the employees and Mm -hmm. how to keep money in their pockets and in their mouths and in their kids, you know, kids mouths too. So yeah, pivoting during COVID, Aaron knocked it out the park. Thanks. Okay. Um, What's the hardest part about starting a business? I think just figuring out the direction of what you want to do and all just the logistics of it. You know, if you, I was never in business before figuring out a business license, taxes, yeah, insurance, payroll, OSHA, like all these rules and regulations. I think that's very hard. So I always, always recommend get an advisor, get an attorney that can help you with all of that stuff. Yeah. And then figuring out how you're going to pay for it too. You know, Mm -hmm. unless you're, yeah, you're a trust fund baby, like sweet, awesome. But otherwise- yeah, it's, it, it takes a lot of money mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you're always, if you're to- totally vested in it, you're, it's not relaxing at all. Like you are going to work harder and work longer hours than anything else you've ever done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people might see like the fruits of the labor, but don't realize like the labor yeah. or they they expect it. I mean, we've I've kind of felt that in, when we've talked about like your path as a PA, mm-hmm. like people think you graduated PA school and opened this dream and skin boutique. I'm like, y'all, Erin <laughs> worked for like 12 years before she even entertained the idea yeah. of doing that. So like slow your roll. Okay. Humble yourself. Just put your nose to the grindstone and get to work. Yeah. And be yeah. ready for a lot of hard work. It's not, it's not for the weak of heart. Yeah. And you take it personally too. You know, like if when you start having employees, maybe there's things that aren't done exactly how you want it done or something was said to a patient that you don't totally agree with. Like it, it stresses you out because you're like, that's my baby and that's my name under it. And mm-hmm. I don't want things to come off that way. So it's always just changing and growing and making your employees better, making your company better. You know, if you're in it, like I, I'm not in it for the money at all. I'm in it because I want to make something good, something that I I like and I want mm-hmm. and that has integrity. Yeah. Too. Amen. Okay. It's funny that this question is asked because we just uh, put up a before and after about this, but what are the mm. best products for acne prone plus rosacea? Yeah. Skin? So those are difficult. So rosacea is an inflammatory condition of the face, which causes redness and swelling on the face, but it can also have acne included with it too. You oh, can get acne like breakouts. It sucks. Um, typically in your nose and cheeks, it will um, more commonly affect Caucasians and usually like middle of life. So what sucks is that you're 40, you get rosacea. You're like, I've never had this before. It's like, welcome to midlife. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to be careful because there are skincare products that can inflame rosacea. Um, there, But what is nice is that, well, sometimes it's hard to distinguish the difference between someone who has rosacea and acne because they can both look very similar. There's no perfect test to say you have acne or you have rosacea. So a lot of times we will cover patients for both conditions. So there are some medications that can treat both acne and rosacea, things like certain oral antibiotics, certain anti-inflammatories on the skin. So typically if someone has more rosacea characteristics, I will start them on a rosacea regimen and then add in acne specific products later on. Mm. 
So you're not going to tell me the rosacea medicine I should oh, have? Oh, well, I mean, you any antibiotic typically use doxycycline, like of different strengths. You can use... Um, no, Aaron. Metro- Aaron I know, I'm, I know. But I'm going to Tijuana tomorrow. Okay. And I want the Aaron Jensen experience. How, pero do, you, solo tengo 20 pesos. how do you say tretanoin in Spanish? Because that's Tret- what everyone comes home with. Tretanoin. <laughs> No sé, necesito oh buscarlo. No, listen, a... I'm not I'm not knocking doing what you got to do in TJ. I'm probably going to have to get a crown replaced in Tijuana soon. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying a lot of people, yeah. you know, they think like, oh, that cleared her rosacea. I need that exact So medicine. there are there are certain ways like certain insurance policies will have a formulary where you have rosacea, you get Metro cream or Metro gel. Like mm. that's what everyone starts with. Damn. And that's just how it is. It's how you keep costs down. But for me, I'm like, ooh, they're more oily. They're they're this age. This is what's going through my head every time I consult a patient. Okay, what insurance do you have? Let's try to work with that insurance. Ooh, you have an HMO. They're only going to cover this. Let's try this first and then upgrade you to this. But I could send you to my legit pharmacy, which has a coupon because I think you have more of this type of rosacea and I want like an anti-mite treatment that is more expensive, but you also have a little bit of acne. So I want to get you an anti-inflammatory. So I don't know. So it's like, if someone is more um, educated and refined with treatment, you can get super specific with, mm, with Girl, you are a freak the way you broke that down. I was like following it all. <laughs> Were you? Well, <laughs> but yeah, that just that's the Aaron experience. Like it's way more than just like, oh, you have rosacea, you take this because the, the rep for that pharmaceutical mm-hmm. brought me Panera. <laughs> you are, you're a cheap sell with Panera, huh? I don't even, Panera is whatever. I'm more like, um, could you get me Masters like- Masters Ocean Club? No, because I, I don't want that to go. And that means I'm going to have to sit and have dinner with them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when I used to work the front and all the reps would be like, hi, I'd be like, girl, what you selling? <laughs> I said, listen, okay, unless you're bringing me some coffee, I don't have time. And they'll be like, oh, I'm trying to sell vaginal wart cream. I'm like, I'm going to save us both time right now. We don't treat that here. I'm like, oh, but, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean it. Like save your Starbucks money. And I'm no shade. I'm not trying to be a hater, but I would just, <laughs> I, I look at it as like, if I was a, 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 you know, boots on the ground salesperson, I'd be like, thank you. I appreciate that. Now I'm going to Rancho Cucamonga and I'm going to hit up all the med spots. Yeah. But there. what if they're like, you're like, I could sell anything to anyone. Give me a chance. If they said that, I'd be like, okay, you think you can meet the challenge? I want a very specific type of latte. And I'm not going to tell you where you find this latte. You have to figure it out. I want a turmeric latte. Okay. Bring me a turmeric latte and I'll give you No, I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not making them jump through hoops. They just want to give you samples and they, you just got to sign for it. And people who are listening who don't get it, it's a, it's a medical thing. So how, you know what? Okay. So let's see. This is an interesting one. I only have one dark circle hmm. under my eye. The other one is fine. What do I do? That's common. Everyone's face has asymmetries to it. So your dark circle could be caused by lots of things. It could be caused by volume loss, where you have a more of a hollowness under the eye. You could have one eye that has a more prominent vein or blood vessel under the eye, making it look purplish. Mm. You could have a brown spot, pigmentation under that eye that makes it look more shadowed. So sometimes we will only treat one side of the face to make a match. Totally could happen. Mm. It just depends on what's causing your dark circle. Yeah. So come in for a console and we'll 
yeah, evaluate. That's the key. So, because like you said, a lot of people think like, oh, dark circle filler. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. just because I have a dark spot on my cheek and I always ask you about it and you're like, it's hyperpigmentation because I'm like, put filler in it. It's yeah. a dent. It's mm-hmm. a divot. And I can do something where I push on your cheek to mimic what more fullness under your eye would look like. And so we can look together in the mirror and say, oh yeah, you know, my eye would look a little bit better with filler. Or sometimes we push your cheek fat up into your under eye and it doesn't look better because it's the vein or pigmentation. Mm, exactly. So uh, if you're in Southern California, book a consult. If you're not, book a flight. Okay. <laughs> what is the best advice on starting your own beauty industry business? Just do it. Like there's no better time than now. Don't, you know, you want to think about and have a strategic plan before you put all this money out, but start something small. Do a mood board, do a business plan, like Google business plan. Like I was actually clearing out my computer and I found my old business plan. It's actually interesting. Like it's, it's pretty straight spot, you know, pretty close to what the original plan was. But yeah, I know it's competitive, competitive AF. Like if you want to start a skincare line or a makeup line, good luck because mm-hmm. you have to find your niche. Like don't try to be a Revlon that makes 18 billion foundation shades because like that just costs a lot of money. Like I know we follow, we're trying to get one beauty brand on that makes like one really bomb lip gloss, you know, or like, like that's who we have our lip gloss boss. Like you want to, you, you want to be obviously inclusive of everybody, but if you try to make everything for every like oily, um, acne prone, uh, dry skin, like you have to be a big company to do that. So with find a, a of, niche yeah. with mm-hmm. a lot of money, make a good lip gloss, make a good under eye gel, like start small and then build it from there. Yeah. Use yourself. Well, yeah, you started with one sulfur mask. Yeah. Sulfur the treatment mask. mask that was it and now it's expanded to a full-blown like lifestyle mm-hmm. like cuticle oil yeah <laughs> you know but it's it's the treatment person the treatment client they'd be interested in keeping their cuticles glossy yes. just like their lips exactly okay how do you prevent bruising when you get mm-hmm. lip filler injections I think we i talked about this in a recent episode you can't totally prevent it, but there are things you can do to minimize it. So you do want to avoid blood thinners the week before. So things like aspirin, Advil, alcohol, um, things like vitamin K or fish oils. There's different supplements that can also thin your blood. Day of, you want to ice after the procedure and continue to avoid the blood thinners afterwards. You also can take Arnica, which is a supplement. It's an oral and a topical supplement. So you can take it in the um, a few days beforehand, put the gel on after the procedure, and take it a few days afterwards. But even with that, you can still get bruising. Yeah. So like you mentioned before, like if you got hella bruised, <laughs> don't always blame it on your injector. Blame it on your $2 Tuesdays with your girls. Because <laughs> if... <laughs> If you got really wasted and then you look like you got jumped, it's like you were thinning your blood with cheap tequila. I don't know what to tell you. Well, even like I do have patients come in and they're like, oh, am I bleeding a lot? I'm like, mm, yeah, kind of. Because I have to like stop and like hold the gauze so the ble- blood doesn't like rush down their face. And like, oh, yeah, I, I'm like kind of hungover. I drank a lot last night. I'm like, that's cool. You're like, oh, you're going to look fucked up. <laughs> you're going to look black and blue. And that's why you send them home with some flawless drops there by Dermablend. Right? We carry Cover a really right bomb, bomb. But bruising, like black and blue bruising can last two weeks. Yes. A, a bruise, what bruise do you have that goes away in two days? Like it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And you know what? It's And you do a really good job and all the other PAs at explaining Mm-hmm. You, you they see a consent yes you're not going to sugarcoat it you yes. know we don't say like oh yeah it'll it'll be fine you know just, just get a little swollen you might look like you got stung by a bee uh-huh. but it but trust us when we say it's going to settle and it's going to relax and it's going to calm down and whatnot so uh, make sure you go to somebody who's like very like thorough with yeah. explaining what to expect yeah absolutely. you know yeah 
Um, this one kind of got me heated. Um, one of our clients said, the dermatologist I saw said I was quote unquote too ethnic to be treated for my keloids and wouldn't help me. Do you have any advice or how can I prevent keloids? What the hell does that first mean? Of all, like, first of all, too ethnic. What is like, like too ethnic? Like, okay, listen, if she, and I was trying to th- like, I was trying to see from a perspective, like, okay, maybe this was a new dermatologist who didn't have a lot of experience or like I'm playing devil's advocate yes. right here. Right. Or what if I was a dermatologist who has never treated like a non-white client, which blows my mind because isn't that what you do in med school is like treat every yes, shade under the sun. Kinds, yeah. I would never tell somebody they are too fill in the blank. No. They are too this, too white, too black, too Latino, too melanin prone, too whatever, too this or that. I would say, I want to find somebody who can be best suited to help yes, you. Yes. I'm going to find an expert because keloids are super difficult to yes, treat. Yes. Let me, I'm going to refer you out to a really good friend of mine. And then I would get on the horn and call all my friends who, you know, help ethnic skin yeah. or whatever, you know. But you're almost like putting them at fault for yes. like th- that. It just. I felt so bad for her yeah. that she said that, like she walked out of that office being like, I can't find help because I'm quote unquote too ethnic. Yeah, that's awful. You know, and I know from what I've learned from you, keloids do affect darker skin. Yes. More than yes. like a, a white person or like darker Fitzpatrick yes. or more melanin. I don't think this is the case, but like the only thing I could think of is that if she already has existing keloids, that's a different story. But say if we're going to do a procedure on somebody. So um, typically keloids will affect the earlobes down to the nipples, like in between that chest, neck, jawline, ear area. Say if I had a black patient come in and they wanted a mole removed off their chest, that would be part of my conversation. But it's part of my conversation with anyone telling them, if we remove this mole, you have a higher chance of getting a keloid scar because of your ethnicity, because Asians and African-Americans are more likely to have scarring or keloids form. So then you're just giving them that information. Mm-hmm. Um, it is less likely in Caucasians, but it's still like part of your process, like you can get a scar. But I'm pressing it a little bit more. If somebody has a history of keloiding, so say someone has a history of get, getting two keloids and then they go to a surgeon and want a breast augmentation, it is it would be very reasonable for that surgeon to say, hey, you, you're with your history of keloiding, I don't recommend a breast augmentation because that could lead to severe keloid scarring because of your history. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe that's what the dude was trying to say, but in a horrible way. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to be helped with your existing keloids, keloids are very difficult to treat, but there are different modalities to treat them. Mm-hmm. You can treat them by, typically we treat them by doing a cortisone injection into them, a very strong cortisone to flatten them out. Mm-hmm. You can also freeze them from the inside out. There's this device called, a, 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 when I was in my old office, a, it was a cryopen. We oh, stuck I've this seen probe. It. it was pretty, it, was, it worked really good. It looks like a shish kebab. Oh yeah, that's ex- we numbed it up and just shot it right through there, froze it from the inside out. It would essentially cause it frostbite and cause it to die. And it would just fall off a few, a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. It's like the process was weird. It would like kind of almost like ooze and just fall off, but it worked really well, mm. but it could only be on keloids that were hanging off the body. So typically on the earlobes. Yeah. Sometimes people try to cut them out. I never recommended that. It was very rare we would do that because if you think about it, small trauma like an ear piercing can cause a marble-sized keloid. If you cut something, you're traumatizing it even more, which can cause a larger keloid to form. Mm. So we saw lots of times that it was just people would make keloids over and over again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think keloids are hard to treat. 
but, and if you're not an expert in them, refer them out, but you should never say you're too whatever because of it. But if you do form keloids, you should be aware that you are more susceptible with any surgery to have keloid formation. Yeah. So you have to be careful with that. So keloids for people who don't know what it is, it's just like soft puffy skin. That's like a, like external scar tissue. Yeah. Keloid is a overgrowth of scar tissue beyond the scar borders. Yeah. So if you have a little line and that line becomes hard, that is called a hypertrophic scar. If you have a little line that gets a scar that's like quadruple the size of the line, that would be a keloid. It's yeah. grown over the scar. And it looks like shiny and kind of puffy. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah, and it, it looks um, – yeah, and or like when people um, – like I got a little keloid I think when I got my nose pierced. Mm -hmm. Remember? Mm -hmm. I got my nose pierced like three times just whenever I have like existential crises. I'm like, I'm going to get my nose pierced. And each time I get a keloid and have to take it out after like two yeah. weeks. Yours is more like granulation tissue that just won't go down. Like it just doesn't – What, are you up. calling me dirty or something? <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you have granulation tissue, don't worry. You're not dirty. I know you clean your shit with salt water like they tell you. But um, yeah, keloids are hard to treat. So our advice to our the, to our friend, you know, first of all, I would like tell the office manager, like, check your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I would tell your office manager, like, hey, just a heads up. Um, I'm cool enough to like, you know, not give you like a negative one star Yelp review. But I just was kind of like... It was off-putting to have the doctor tell me that I was too ethnic. Like, just some feedback. Just some feedback. It didn't sit well with me. Um, I'm going to, you know, find another doctor that is is well-versed yeah. and is really experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, find someone who is experienced but, in that. Yeah, I, I mean, because for me, I look at it as like, if I could help the doctor by letting them know, like, you calling me too ethnic really hurt me. Yeah. Maybe he or she will stop calling clients in the future too ethnic because... You know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Tell them, say just a little feedback. The doctor said something kind of offensive and uh, just was not cool. Yeah, yeah. And that is so much more helpful than coming at it angry. And you have every right to be angry, but that office and that medical professional will, how do I put this? There's a lot of times in like doctor's offices where like patients kind of go off sometimes because you're not giving them what they want. Like if a, if a lip patient comes in and is super angry because I won't like put two syringes in their lips and give them an overdone look, they'll come out and get all angry and yell at the front desk person. But if you come out calm, cool, and collected, you are so much the better person in that situation. Mm -hmm. And that office manager or whoever's sitting at the front desk is going, they're going to hear you. Like yeah. they're going to hear you if you come in at calm, even though you could be raging inside and have every right to be feeling that way. Yeah. It's just more, it's more effective to come at them that way. Yes. And just let them know in a very serious, firm way. Like this was not cool. This was yeah. not appropriate. And, um, in case he wasn't aware of that. Yes. Because also I've learned in my wise years is that sometimes <laughs> like maybe the doctor had no idea that what he said was mm -hmm. offensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be really shocked if you didn't realize that was really offensive, but like, let them know. Yeah. Is it like you stick up for yourself and say like, this was really offensive and it wasn't helpful at all. And I'm going to go to a doctor who specializes in this type of skin. Mm -hmm. But for moving forward, it would be really nice if you didn't talk to other patients like that yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. Okay. This one I right saw here. This on here. This what? question, I had to put it on because I told you guys we're no holds barred. Oh my gosh. But I know for a fact the person who asked this is like 16 years old. Okay. <laughs> so this question. It's the TikTok generation, Megan. It is the TikTok, TikTok generation. generation. She asks, tell me about the first time you did it. <laughs> First of all, the first time I did it is so cute. It's so 16-year-old to say, like, when did you do it? Did it hurt when you did it? 
I'm not going to go into full detail because my mother listens to this um, episode, this show. And, you know, I like to leave a little mystique and what's going on. So I, I don't even want to, I want I don't want to hear about Aaron's. You're not, you're, are you going to tell your, what you want me to tell you like how it started, how it ended? No, but what are you, you have to answer this question somehow. Okay. How, like, let's talk about the first time I did it. The first time I did it was later in life, believe it or not. Okay. I did it after I graduated high school. I was already in college, which... For a lot of the hoochies in my high school, I was an old, I was, I was, you know, old for having, for losing my virginity. I swiped my V card when I was 19 years old. Yeah. And Erin's looking at me. She's like, you better not ask me shit. She's like, I'm not talking. (laughs) You guys, this is making me so uncomfortable. I don't want to hear about Erin's first time. I don't want to hear. When Erin had sex for the first time, she had a baby. She made a baby. That you just put it on the question on to answer it yourself. Okay, so the first time I did it was very. Um, it was not not momentous. It was not. It was. It was not earth shattering. It was not with the guy I loved. I didn't even like him. Um, it was just. <laughs> it was more. Let's get this over with. Let's. I was just seriously like, let's just swipe the V card. Let's get it over with, so I could finally like you know talk to friends and get what they say and what they talk about and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I remember it being fun. Like I remember laughing. I remember like, oh my god, like. <laughs> this is happening oh my god this is really happening just like in the movies and then and this was in san francisco and uh, yeah he was just some like skateboard dude he he, yeah he was like a skateboard rat which was like my shit back in the day like i loved skaters and uh yeah and then i was done and i was like all right thanks and i never talked to him again like bye that was it. And then I just kept it moving. And then I, yeah. So it was for me, um, you know, we, we were raised Catholic in a Catholic high school where, you know, we literally had to sign a contract saying that we wouldn't have sex until we we're married. Do you remember did that? We, that I, was the V card. I don't remember you, that. You, yes. Like, a, did it say on top of the like document a ref- V card? A reformed sex worker, like lady of the night came to speak with us. You don't remember this? Vaguely. And she talked about how she found the Lord yeah. and changed her ways and wanted us all to promise Scouts honor, fingers crossed, that we won't have sex until we're married. And all of us hoochies signed those cards, lying, and then we had that V card in our wallets. It was a card. Yeah, it was you, a literal you were card. card carrying member yes. of the V Club. I did not know that. No. We went to the same high school. I know, but I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. Do you want, I'll give you a tidbit about my Just a tidbit, please. This is making me so crazy. Okay, I did lose my virginity to my current husband. And we went on a like a road trip to like Santa Barbara, but it was Fourth of July and all of the hotels were sold out because we like booked anything in advance. So yeah. we ended up in like a like a Ventura. What's between Ventura and like Oxnard? Like a random ass city. I don't know. Motel. I yeah. Like just like meh. You know, like it yeah. was whatever, but Well, no. see, that's just so funny how like Aaron <laughs> just the first and last. First where and I last. have tasted all the flavors of the rainbow. And I, I love that about me. I, I just, I love like how I, I mean, I, if I could, you know, like have a lineup of mug shots of all the dudes I've been with, you'd be like, none of this makes sense. You'd be like, wait a minute. That dude is five, two and a redhead. That two is six, four and a rugby player. That dude's like 55. Like, what is going on here? And I'd be like, listen, it's a je ne sais quoi. I can't put my finger on it. It's just an energy. And when you're an empath like me, you get it. But if not, you marry the man you lost your virginity to like you did. So, oh my gosh. Okay. And then the same follower. She's she's such a cutie, little curious cutie. How many exes have you had from the same girl? We just kind of answered it. 
Yeah. Well, I um, had, I wasn't with Ryan the whole time. Yeah, so, I know. You had yes. a moment. Yeah, I had a moment. Had some moments. Um, I don't even know. I don't know the number. Like, I don't know. It was just, I feel like college years just all blend together. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't have exes. <laughs> I have like experiments. I have <laughs> like, honestly, I've, I've dated a lot. I've dated a lot in the sense that like, I've like had these like moments of where I've dated guys and I've gone out on dates or I didn't even go out on dates. That's just a euphemism for what we did. But, um, yeah, I, it's, I don't I have ex-boyfriends. Older, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Like, it's just, yeah, we should probably drive that home for her because I yeah. know the sweet, the sweet girl, she's, you know, she's messaged me before about stuff. Yeah. And I just remember being a, a 16 year old and, um, and I mean, even up until I was in my thirties, like placing value on like how many ex-boyfriends I had or feeling bad because I didn't have any ex-boyfriends and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have any boyfriends in high school. No. Like. I didn't. Yeah. I did not get asked for to, for, to the dances. Yeah. I asked dudes to dances, and they were like, "I guess," like <laughs> because I was the cool, funny, chubby chick. But I never got asked to dances. Like all my friends were the hot, skinny ones, and like they were the ones who had the boyfriends. Like they were the ones that had the exes. You know, mm -hmm. three exes by the time they were eighteen. But Aaron and I, we don't have ex boyfriends. No. I mean, I did talk about in my previous episode about how to get over an ex, mm -hmm. but the word ex I would refer to just like ex entanglements yeah like dudes i dated you know so i've had a, a yeah i've had a few i've had a few more than aaron but n not like saw like serious ex-boyfriends like i've never been in like long-term no. extended relationships and you just take it all as a learning experience so you hopefully end up with the person that really makes you happy you share values with you go through hard times and good times like as cliche as that is like you can't change people so mm -hmm. if you have a toxic ex like you just learn about every bad thing and for your next one you don't you you don't choose the same like characteristics in that person. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last question. Being in business with family can be tricky, messy, and ugly, but also amazing. Did you talk about this up front before starting the treatment? What was your game plan? Yes. Yeah, we did thoroughly. Yeah. I I did a lot of yeah. spiritual work around it. We had it. like a lunch like where I I almost named all of the negatives about this. And then it's like, are you do you want to do this? Cause this is everything that can happen. You know, like mm -hmm. this is like, like monetary, like split, like how much I would expect to make, how much you would expect to make, um, duties, like, or do you work under me? Like all those like nasty things, because we knew at the end of the day, we did not want anything to come between our sister relationship. Yeah. And we had a, like a get out of jail free card that like, if this doesn't work, we just, stop it separate it and there's no hard feelings yeah yeah and i mean Aaron, Aaron, she cornered me when i was in a pretty vulnerable spot in my life <laughs> there was nowhere but going up I from pretty, there yeah. <laughs> i mean i was at the and you know what Aaron did it she's so she's so sneaky i called her because mm -hmm. i think steve had pissed me off steve aoki he didn't piss me off it's just he he was such a hardcore badass dj that like he made me so stressed when I was when I was managing his travel and I just called her and I was like, oh, my God, fucking Steve just rerouted his entire tour and I'm stressing. And I was complaining to Aaron, just like sister to sister. And she was like, why don't you work for me? And I was like, hell no, 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 no. I said that from the beginning. But then the more I thought about it, the more I meditated, I prayed, I, I looked, you know, inward. I did a straight up pros and cons list. I literally wrote the pros of working with my sister, the cons of working for my sister, the pros of, of starting my own business, the cons of doing this you know and um I, i've always said straight out off top i was like if this doesn't work you cannot hate me for quitting mm -hmm. 
And, and I was like, you cannot like this is, I'm going to help you and I'm going to bounce, you know? And we still check in about it, you know, like every six months, like, where are you at? Where, I mean, cause where, where we started and where Aaron is now, I'm in a very different place. Mm -hmm. Very, very different place. Aaron is trucking along. I'm thinking about some stuff. Things might be shifting. Things might be changing. But I know like Aaron and I, I, I can, tr I trust Aaron and she's very honest in that, like this that's how she got me she's like you can bust out at any time you want like you don't mm -hmm. have to stick in it forever yeah and I, I i always try to say like what can i do to make this situation better for you because i know when you're in a better place megan's in a better place and it's better for everybody <laughs> she's saying in such a nice way she's like megan is very moody and when <laughs> megan is fed and caffeinated and has her lip filler she's way easier to work with and i've learned that over the time so that's where it's you know um messy and ugly but the thing is is that i think it works for Aaron and i because Air, it, we're not petty no. like we're very mature people so uh i'm not gonna like smear Aaron or like trick her or do something shitty like i'm not gonna chop her i'll just be straight up i'll be like Aaron, you're fucking pissing me off. Yeah. Or I'll be like, you're being way too icy. Are you being way? I don't even say that. I'm just more like, give me a moment. Or I'll be like, don't talk to me. I'm meditating. And then we can talk. And I like, I create a boundary. But I also do so much work as an adult woman with boundaries and communication. So it works really well. If I had a really messy, like little sister or immature family member, I don't know if the, it could pull, if we could pull it off. Oh, no way. But Aaron and I do enough work in our personal life, like personality wise, what's important to us yeah. that like we work, we work well together. Well, I think, you know, like even at this point, like, oh, I could work with that family member. I couldn't work with that one because yeah, it'll, it can get very nasty. And if you're not mature, it can take your relationship down very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Aaron's a good Aaron. I mean, Aaron works with her husband. Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> she must really like him if she works with him. <laughs> It blows my mind that like you and Ryan, like I'll be like, Aaron, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to lunch with Ryan. I'm like, you still want to hang out with him? Like you work with him, you live with him, and then you want to have lunch with him. But I guess that's what happens when you're in love. Yes. Well, you know what? Even before I worked for like a husband and wife team and I was like, I can never work with my husband. Like no way. But now at, at we're at a point where we do very different things. Like I see patients all day. He's in the corporate office. And so it's just very, we do we just do different stuff, you mm -hmm. know? And so, yeah, I like him and we have- I like him. I like he's him. He's cool. He's aight. He's good. <laughs> he's whatevs. He'll do the job. <laughs> Ryan's going to listen to this podcast and be like, hmm. No, but I think that says a lot when you like really like someone. Yeah. Like you can just be like hot for someone and like, I like having sex with you, but it's like, I really like you and I like hanging out with you all the time. That's crucial. I talked to him when we're driving home, like 10 minutes on the phone, like to- That's cute. To the same place. Um, yeah, because we have like like-minded goals and we're very enthusiastic about the business and it's what we like to do. We like doing it together. Cool. So yeah. Well, guys, those are all of our questions answered. <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning into episode number 39 with us. No holds barred. And also make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Make sure to rate us and make sure to tell your friends and make sure the next time we do the question and answers, you guys come up with some new questions. Some fun ones. Yeah. Megan likes the spicy ones. Scandalous. Sure. Scandalosa. <laughs> Thanks guys. Right, guys. See you later. <laughs>